0: Hey, welcome to the one life podcast where we talk about things from one life church but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one only life my name is sarah inman i'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast i'm joined as always by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor brett nicholson what's up sarah, brett? are you
1: doing okay today you know let me just right?
0: let me just tell everybody else okay. what happened so we just had about 20 minutes maybe 15 minutes of a really great conversation for this podcast episode we're getting ready to record and I looked down to see how much time had been gone, and I had never hit record, so we're starting over.
1: <laughs> starting over. Starting and it, it well, over. Yeah. In, um, well, I'm glad you noticed it, you know, like yeah. sort of towards the beginning. you Could've got all the way through
0: it. <laughs> it's one of those things that like, you know, you have that fear, you look down and you're like, I don't wanna say it, but you're like, you gotta say it, you gotta just move on, <laughs> as you get older, you're like, you know what, I screwed up. Yes. So. Uh, something we can learn there. Hey, we've been in a series here at One Life Church called Power, talking about spiritual power. And on the podcast, we've been trying to take those conversations deeper. And this is the last episode in that series. That We're trying to do this a little bit differently on the podcast where you can listen to series because I've heard some people say, I'm so many episodes behind. We want you guys to just check out maybe a series at a time. So this series on spiritual power, check all these episodes out. We've talked about things like speaking in tongues. We've talked about... Um, Uh, cessationism versus continuationism talking about prophecy and today we're continuing that conversation and talking about miracles with our friend chelsea allen who is the connections director at the evansville east campus of one life church just started doing that here recently and then you and your husband josh and daughter josie attend here at our one life campus and i think you said you guys have been here about five or six years yep awesome and, uh, yeah, Chelsea, we uh, actually started this conversation probably about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, potentially talking about you to you about miracles because you've had some of your own experiences. And I'm going to let Brett tell us a little bit about how that came about.
1: Well, the way it came about, we did the series on power, but uh, it was a couple years ago uh, that I did just a standalone sermon on miracles. And there was a reason I did it. I still can't remember what that was, but uh, it was kind of in line with something else that was happening. I wanted to speak to that. And so uh, I did quite a bit of research for it that I really, really enjoyed. And I found two resources that I would still recommend to this day. Uh, Number one was Lee Strobel's book called The Case for Miracles. It's a great read, really interesting, and uh, he really helps you walk through that. Uh, You see miracles in the Bible. Why don't you see them now? What's going on? And uh, just just a great job as an investigative reporter. is very readable. But he references another book, uh, by a guy named Craig Keener, which is a very scholarly book, and, and I've heard uh, at least one scholar call it arguably the greatest work on miracle, miracles from a scholarly level that's ever been done in the history of the church. It's very exhaustive, very deep book, uh, but it also gets in—he he went and traveled around uh, uh, South America and Africa and Asia and even in North America— and heard miracle stories, and he talks about how they sound very much like the ones that you read about in the Bible. They're, there's very similar characteristics. That's his whole point, that these things haven't stopped. Uh, but they both reference um, a, uh, a study that was done out of Indiana University. Now keep in mind, this is Indiana University, this is not a Christian university, uh, of a ministry in Africa that had reported a number of miracles going on uh, there the people that people had eyewitnessed and everything. So this study group from IU, they go down there to see what it's really about. They want to record, uh, probably from a skeptical point of view, is this really happening? Is this really going on? Is it exaggeration? Is it just uh, power of suggestion? What is it? They go down and they come back and write a journal piece that says, no, it was real. We saw actual real miracles happen. Well, I put that in the message. And then after that, Chelsea uh, writes, I think he wrote me an email or something, and said, hey, I was at that place. I actually did ministry at the place that they're talking about that I visited, and I said, wow, we need to talk to you, and uh, we are two years later. So <laughs> that's just all of <laughs> schedule. No us time like here. the present. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So that's why Chelsea's here, to tell us some really interesting things about this uh, this miracle thing and the ministry down there. So Chelsea, just start us off just by talking about how you ended up there to begin with, kind of your walk toward uh, and your journey towards the sure. place. Sure.
2: So I, I grew up in a in a Baptist church and then in college I started going to like a more spirit-filled non-denominal, non-denominational church and was kind of introduced to um you know to to miracles, to the Holy Spirit moving, to all the things we've been talking about, speaking in tongues, all of those things. And I was at a place in my life where I like I was just so thirsty for just authenticity um of what Jesus could do and um, just what being a Christian was about. And so I was going to go be a counselor at a secular camp and, like, teach kids how to canoe, or I don't, I don't even know what I was going to do. And I, I remember thinking, like, this isn't what you're called to do, Chelsea. You're called to more. And so my pastor at the time had talked about how his sons, one son had already been to the Iris Ministries, Harvest School of Ministry, and had ended up setting up an orphanage, like, in conjunction with, the, with Iris. And then another son was going, and um, he's actually a good friend who is actually leading worship at our worship night in a few weeks, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I was introduced to Iris Ministries, and I started digging into it, and I was like, you know what, like I, this is where I'm supposed to go. So I started fundraising and figured out how to go. I applied, they they accepted me, they let me come, and so I went and uh, it was incredible
0: it was so much fun and you you said you were in college like yeah so
2: i i think that it was in between my sophomore and junior year of college i'm pretty sure so i was like what 19 20
1: so you get there and uh, walk us through okay the you know kind of what you did you know, just Yeah. How life looked and then all the way up to that kind of that first miraculous kind of experience
2: yeah so um like the it was kind of a compound so the ministry itself was set you know, we would pull in. There was guards at the gate. And so there was an orphanage on site. There was the Harvest School of Ministry in which we had cabins that we stayed in. I don't really know if cabin is the, the right word. It was it was a structure. And there was eight girls in each room. I think there were 16 girls in each cabin. I can't remember. And boys. had They had their own. Anyways, we were all piled into just these structures that we lived in, slept in bunk beds and mosquito nets. And so we had one section and then um, long-term missionaries had another section of the compound. And then there was um, these huts that we would go to classes in. And so every day we would eat our breakfast and then we would go to class. We would sit on the floor and we would listen to um, Heidi and Roland Baker. They um, are the founders of Iris Ministries. And so they set up the school of ministry so they would teach and then other people would come in and and they would teach so we we learned about miracles we learned about just the power of the holy spirit we learned just bible you know like right. we just learned like what it means to be a christian and how to apply that it was really for people who wanted to be um, in ministry of some sort um some in third world countries some right here in america or in indiana
0: are heidi and roland from the u.s yes they okay. are from california okay and, and i you might have said this already but you know we talked about these things a couple times already can you say again where this was where so um
2: it was in pimba mozambique africa which was right on the border. So we were, um like right across the street was the ocean wow which is beautiful wow such a blessing
0: um in and, and i think we talked a little bit about you know you're talking about kind of going in and not really knowing like hey I'm just going to this place and you didn't really even know anybody and you went by yourself traveling by yourself and it was 17 hours yeah so I
2: I flew from Evansville to Atlanta met up with some people who were going to the school flew from Atlanta to Johannesburg South Africa which is the Mm -hmm. murder capital it was then and we stayed in a hostel I slept on top of my bags and then we flew to Mozambique and then we stayed and it was great i would not do it now well,
0: <laughs> i think i would be too scared uh, well, to do yeah, that yeah, that's
1: right. funny how that works yeah it? When it is you're young, you don't know any better a 20 year old son <laughs> I'm like what in the world was i doing
0: so when you initially went to um iris is, is do you call it just iris yeah I like okay. iris ministries iris ministries did you know that like miracles and things like that were something they were known for
2: See, yeah, yeah. I definitely knew that I was going to see things that I hadn't seen before. And, um, you know, like the first, like as you asked, the first miracle I saw, we were at an outreach. So we would go to school, like classes, and then they would take groups of us on outreach. And what outreach looked like is we brought um, we brought a projector and we played a video that told the story of Jesus. And then um, Heidi or someone would preach and there would be a, a translator. So they would preach in English and then translate in whatever um dialect they spoke because there was some were portuguese and some were there was a few languages that were spoken and so they would translate and then we like our role as kind of students was just to love on people and um to be there and support um, and some of us had translators with us where we could talk and pray for people um but sometimes when we prayed like the person we were praying with didn't like they didn't speak english but we were praying in english but it didn't matter because that didn't stop god from doing a miracle so the first miracle, um, I don't know if it was first, one of the biggest ones I saw was there was this lady. She was sitting kind of like up on this, I think it was a stage. And uh, she she had no color in her eyes at all. Her, it was just white. And I remember a group of us were like, hey, let's go pray for this lady. And it was just like so nonchalant looking back. I'm like, wow, that's so cool that that's what I lived through. And we just walked up to her. And I remember we all placed our hands on her. Um, we believed in the power of laying on of hands. And we just prayed that the Holy Spirit would move and that Jesus would heal her and we declared vision to return and then all of a sudden, I mean, her her vision returned and we saw color come into her eyes and we saw her see things for the first time and there was like that adjustment where like her eyes were adjusting to light and she kept blinking and blinking and then she, like just this huge smile full of joy because she could now see and she saw a kid for the first time that I think was probably a relative of hers and so just seeing that pure, just joy and excitement and I was like, oh, oh, oh okay, like this happens, like, like there are still miracles like whoa like it's so cool
1: yeah my goodness you uh you know watching that so you actually watched the color return so you can yes see i mean I was, I was i was
2: standing in front i was I, my hand was on her right shoulder like and so i watched it return i just remember standing back and being like wow like thank you jesus like sure thank you that you are that powerful and that you don't withhold things from us
1: yeah, yeah. you know like do you have any idea of what she said or what she was saying when she you saw her? There, saw a there kid, really wasn't right?
2: words. I mean, there wasn't right, right. words. It was okay. just joy. Yeah, okay. and and tears. I mean, but I don't yeah. I don't remember like a whole thing. And it was kind of so normal to us that we would just say thank you, Jesus, and we would move on and pray for someone else.
1: You would go wow. try to work on your book or something. Yeah. <laughs> right, you yeah, like set up your... like it was
2: so normal okay. that it was just like, wow, thank you God. Okay, who are we going to pray for next? And it, you know, yeah. it wasn't like this, you know, some people might think that to see a miracle you have to pray for, you know, 27 minutes and <laughs> pray the most beautiful prayer. But no, it was as simply as like, Jesus, do what you can do, restore vision, and then boom, she did like he he did. she had vision. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're all, uh, you know, Sarah and I are both looking at her like, eh, no, uh, not skepticism. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you asked before.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, as, as I'm hearing stories like that, and that's just one story, and if you have more, I'm sure we would love to hear more of those. Um, because what, the whole idea of having you on is being able to share an experience that you've had. Because, you know, you've had this experience sharing it with mm-hmm. other people um, is something that we want to learn from and make sure that we're able to hear Real experiences, not just talk about things that we've you know read or seen um, someone else say, but be able to hear from someone that we know here, even yeah. at One Life. So, but I think a question that people would want to know: It's like, did you go in with any skepticism? Were you, were there ever times where you're like, I saw that happen. Like, did that really happen? Because me, even if I see something, like my sure. first, I was like, Is that real? What happened? Did that was there's like contacts? We're like, What's right. going on here? Like, did they did they make yeah. this up?
2: So, so there's two instances, and one was our. Uh, a guy that was a student, his dad passed away while we were there. But, like His dad was back in the States and, and died. And he asked us to all come together and pray for um, his dad to be raised from the dead because that was something that people saw and did there. Like there was African people that we would pray for and they would be raised from the dead. I don't think that I was ever a part of one of those, but I remember people that I was with would tell me, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. You know, it was just like so, it was so normal there, like looking back at how like I, I wasn't, just like, oh, wow, like, are you sure that happened? I don't remember feeling like that, but I remember whenever I was asked to pray with them, I remember thinking, oh, like, I hope that my doubt doesn't cause this to not happen. Um, and the guy didn't. So he, he, I think he's pretty much still dead. And, um, you know, and so like, I had to work through like what that, yeah, what like in my head, like I struggled with, was that for me? Because I questioned it. Like, cause I kept thinking he's not even here um, but mm. I think that it did a work in my heart to just pray boldly because right. I saw a friend who I knew had authentic- authenticity and was the real deal, um, be willing to pray boldly for something. And I remember thinking, wow, that's really cool.
1: So even when it didn't happen, I mean, was the guy okay? I mean, Yeah. Did he I mean, he kind of I th- get disillusioned? Th- he-
2: you know, like he was like, I'm still going to pray for it, but if it doesn't happen, then I'm just going to trust that it's God's will. Right, and that be that. And it kind of wasn't like a big thing. It was just like, I think that I was with a group of people who were so hungry for the things of God and had such full trust in God that it was, okay, God, if that's not your will, it's not your will. But if it is, let's see it be done.
1: Because that's one of the distinctions I've run into. I remember being in ministries that do though, and there, there was a mentality in some places where, no, God always wants this. Mm-hmm. That that I kind of wrestled with. Like, mm-hmm. yes, and and if and if it's not happening, well, the problem's on your end because right. He does, He does want this to happen. Period. And I thought, wow. So, it, but you make it sound like no, there was there was space mm-hmm. for you know, we did pray for someone and it didn't happen. Oh but yeah. We're okay. So we. We walk on, but it, it we're trusting something else. Yeah,
2: and I'm, I remember that we would walk on from, you know, like a miracle out in the field that, we you know, maybe we didn't see happen, and but we would continue to pray for it. And maybe yeah. it happened and we never saw it. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I think that God maybe protects our pride from that to where, you know, like it could happen later, you know, like to where we don't become prideful where we're like, oh, like I'm Chelsea and I can lay my hands on somebody and they're just going to see for the first time every single time I pray for a blind person, you know. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. So no. it's
0: more about faith there yeah. for you then. Like it's more about I have the faith this is going to happen. I'm going to pray for it regardless mm-hmm. whether whether I actually see it or hear it. or. Yeah, um, I, don't,
2: I don't see anything negative coming from that as long as it comes from a place where um, just trusting the Lord. And God gets the glory for it. And yeah. God gets the glory for it.
1: Yeah, and I, what I love is that it wasn't the leaders of the ministry right. uh, that you were a part of that were praying for this woman. It was students. It was, it was yeah, it was students. So
2: there was never like this. Oh, we need Heidi to come pray for this person. It was just hey, we need some people. You know, let's let's right. gather people. Let's gather in a group. You know, or three, two. What's the verse? two
0: or more gathered two or more gathered I'm like Jesus now that I'm being recorded is
2: what I'm saying right you know we're two or more gathered so we would all come together we would all lay hands and we would all pray collectively together so it'd be six six ten voices saying God if this is your will you know like let's see it like do what you can do you are the healer and we would pray for it and we'd say amen and sometimes it would happen and sometimes it wouldn't
1: See, and that that's uh, uh, that's such a freeing thing in my mind because first of all, it doesn't become you know the Chelsea Allen power right. of Power <laughs> eye healer ministry is now born you know something <laughs> like that, uh, but and I think that's one of the reasons my, one of my theories why we may not see as much as mm-hmm. especially in America because that is our bent. I mean, yeah. your next step is to be on TV, if you, but there. It's a group of people. You don't have those options. You don't even right. think that way. So it's it's going to be more where God gets the glory and yeah. and people are just and rejoicing over something.
2: I think that one of the one of the biggest differences is the people that were that we were would pray for. They had no other hope. Right there, it was a witch doctor or us. Wow, um, that would come and pray for them because they were in huts. They they there's no doctor to go to and like surgeries aren't an option they, they can barely get water so yeah. the faith is high and I remember coming back thinking will I ever see a miracle again because Americans have so many options right before we resort to prayer you know we go see a specialist and we go see this and that but when did we just stop and pray God will you heal my knee that's been hurting yeah you know Absolutely. so um I think it was, it was in a sense, I don't want to say easier because I don't think that it really is up to, to me, but just the faith, the amount of faith I think is what stewards miracles.
0: It's a, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting when you say that, cause I'm thinking, I was thinking about that too. I want to ask you too, if there are any other um, instances that you can tell stories of, of things that you saw while you were there, but then even as you returned, what you know, what's that transition like? I mean, if it, how many years ago was this?
2: Uh, I think it's like 10.
0: 10 years ago, okay. In that time, have you seen anything here? And even as you said that, I was like, man, I've always wondered this because I've heard people say, like even we pray for families of someone who's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we pray for miracles, but we also pray for doctors to do the things that right. God has trained them to do and empowered them to do. It's like that sometimes is the miracle, yes. you know, in a sense. And so when you're talking about people not even having access to those things, makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. that God's going to provide in supernatural ways that maybe here he provides, that's just the way I see it sometimes, in a way that, you know, we may get that. But have you seen any of those things, I guess, in your last 10 years being away from there? Because it's like, what's different there um, from being here?
2: Yeah, so so one thing that happened there um, is that you would hear witch doctors a lot. And so uh, it made me very uneasy and anxious and so like a simple miracle that happened for me is I was laying in my bunk and I couldn't sleep. And so I asked God to mute my ears to the witch doctors and I never heard one again. And I would wake up and I'd say, Did you guys hear the witch doctor last night? And they'd be like, Yeah, did you? And I'm like, No, God mute. Like I, I can't hear it. God made it to where I oh can't goodness. hear it anymore. Yeah. Because I would get so anxious and like wouldn't be able to sleep and would want to go home because I was just scared. I mean, it was scary. <laughs> And, um, I remember walking up to, I'll get to the American stuff in a second, but I remember walking into someone's home and I, this is where I still am like, did that happen? I could see, I could see a demon. And I remember saying, in the name of Jesus, you must leave. And I saw it, like I can, I can see it now. I saw it leave out the back window and, um, the, the person who lived there immediately became unoppressed. And even to this day, I'm like, did that happen? Like, did I make that? Did I fabricate that? Did I make it up? But uh, I didn't. It did happen. And then so coming home, like, I I obviously came back very bold. And I think that I scared some people with my boldness (laughs) and just like, just the, just like, yeah, let's just pray for it. Like, God can heal it. But I remember um, one of my good friends, Terry Eggbundant, um, at church, he was telling me that he hurt his arm, and he couldn't move it up. And I was like, T, let's just pray for it. And he's like, Chelsea, come on. And I'm like, no, let's pray for it. And so I lay my hand. I was like, God, um, heal Terry's shoulder. Let it, let it be restored to full mobility. And um, I said, amen. And he moved his arm, and it wasn't full. And I was like, all right, let's pray again. And so like we gathered some other people, and we prayed again. And he moved it more, but it wasn't full. I was like... Terry's like this is good enough. This is good enough. I was like no, it is not good enough. God wants the best for you and he wants to fully restore your mobility in your arm. He's like I'll just go see a doctor. I'm like no, T, like you know that God wants to heal you. And so we prayed. I say God finish your work and like immediately he had full well, like he could fully move his shoulder. And like we just looked at each other and I have a picture where he's like he's holding his hands in the air and I was like wow and he was like that that's incredible. Thank you Jesus. Wow.
1: Yeah, you. so it, it, just in that, as I'm trying to listen through different people's ears. Like, what do you, in your own experience, you probably had more than one happen that mm-hmm. way, whether it's Africa or here, where there's sort of this in stages thing. Yeah. Or uh, what do you think's going on there? Do you have any speculations about that?
2: No, I think it's just God seeing how much faith we can have sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and just us removing ourselves and getting out of the way like I think that the world can be so heavy that we can we can bring all of our junk into a prayer and God doesn't want that you know like He wants right. to take it from us And so I think it takes surrender, you know right. and surrendering surrendering what we think should happen you know like Terry surrendered what he thought would happen. And he was finally like, okay, Chelsea, you know, he had like, he's like four or five or I don't, I think five kids, you know, and I think he was just like ready to get home and get out the door. And I was like, Terry, like, let's finish this. Like, God's got it for you. (laughs) And I'll never forget it. Like, cause I was like, I was serving at this church and I would like walk around and like, it wasn't like we were standing there for the three times we prayed. Like I prayed and then I walked away and I did something. I came back. I was like, how's your arm? And he'd do it. I'm like, all right, let's pray again. And I go do something else. And then it'd come back. And so I, mean, I think that God just wants to, us to be, to believe and to challenge ourselves to believe for more and to get out of the way, get our own head out of the way.
1: But you had a, enough confidence, though, that at some point, because you're not against him going to a hospital, no. right? I mean, it's, if you broke your arm tomorrow, you might go there. Yeah. But you were kind of bold enough to say, well, let's not go to the hospital. How do you make those distinctions?
2: I think we just need to train ourselves to pray first. You know, right. the, I mean... how many scriptures are there that tells us to pray and just to to pray first. I mean, yes, there are, there are surgeons and there are nurses and there is medicine. And, um, I think that God has gifted so many people with the ability to provide healing through that. But I also think that through that we can pray for miracles through the surgeon or Mm -hmm. a miracle before they go to surgery. I remember that my own husband had, three colon surgeries and i remember before his last one being like lord prepare his colon to be reconnected and prepare it to seal and i fully believe that that a miracle happened in his belly that i have no idea i don't know what is i don't know what his colon looked like you know but i know that it's now connected Mm -hmm. and i know that god brought healing through that
1: yeah yeah that's i think it's important one of the things that i did bring out and i learned kind of as i was researching this and the miracle message that i did that it is a biblical thing that sometimes god does do things through what we deem as the natural we call Mm -hmm. it the natural thing so in other words my favorite example is manna versus regular food because he literally tells them there he's giving them food miraculously every day through manna he's it's what he's right. doing. It's it's a thing that comes. But he says you're going to cross over in the promised land, and there you're going to have farms, and you're going to have yeah, you're going to yeah. have vineyards. You're going to have all these things, and that is me. I, I'm going to give you this in and through that so right. and that's where you would have to go out in the fields and you'd have to till the ground and plant the seeds and know that. ultimately god takes credit for that and says that's him but one is what we would label as a miracle it just appeared on the ground out right. of nowhere but the other involved us but he takes credit in a sense or kind of alerts them to the fact that it's both at the same time and i think that's one of the reasons in america because like you said in africa there's no resources at all. Right. This, it's either the witch doctor or you. So I'm like, right. which one I go to? And, you know, the you know deaconess is not, you know, like my third option right. sort of thing. So, but prayer first always, but prayer on the journey throughout the right. whole thing. And so you can see a, miracles happen that we would label as supernatural things and also kind of via, mm-hmm. it's having a sensitivity to what God is doing is ultimately, I think, was, seems like the yeah, way and to go about it. Like I
2: don't think miracles are limited to, you know, vision being restored and, someone walking for the first time that, you know, couldn't walk before. I think miracles are even anxiety being lifted and a friendship being made. Like just connection can also be a miracle. And I think that sometimes we just don't recognize what God is doing and we don't see that it's a miracle. And so like through this series, I think I, like in the past, I don't know, like I don't know how many years have kind of become numb to what God can do. And this series has kind of like stirred my heart up. To yeah. be like, okay, like, God, show me how you can do a miracle. Like, even at work, like, God, please, mm-hmm. like, help us get this done today. It doesn't make sense, but help us get it done. You know, it's
0: in yeah. small things. Being aware of the things that you notice that happen that we don't always say, man, you know, giving credit to God and all those things right. is, is important. And I was, I was wondering about that as you were talking about, I mean, and you mentioned that Indiana University to study there. Do people go there and try and document this? Like, do they try to go and like video it and make a Netflix documentary about this? I mean, uh,
2: when I was there, no. Um, I mean, like we also didn't have, I don't remember having an iPhone that yeah. could record very easily. I, maybe I did. I don't know. But um, it, it it wasn't about that. It right. was It was just people so thirsty to see God move. And just so hungry to um, experience God in a way they've never experienced before. And it could be, like, if you're, like, listening, you're like, "What? Like, how do I experience this? Like, just ask God to show you something that you've never seen before. Like, you know, ask God no, to stir in your heart something. Because it doesn't always have to be this big thing. Yeah. Y- right. It can be tiny, for sure. Yeah.
1: And that that was one of my takeaways in this last run, just in studying this on my own. Like, the power of God as we define it, it doesn't have to be Someone raised from the dead. It right. can be something very uh, that w- w- we would label as minor, mm-hmm. but uh, but is major to the person that it happens to because right. they know it's God. They they can tell uh like the like the example of the the word that uh one person had for another it said the only way I'm going to give this word is if they come up to me because I'm not doing it otherwise and they did come up to them and actually said hey god told me you had a word for me right <laughs> so that is the power of god moving it's a very simple thing but it's, it's just a couple it's exchange of words and it's not a you know colors returning to eyes right. but on the other hand the people involved in it were like that had to be a God thing, right. of course it yeah. was. And God so doing only what He can up. do. Yeah, opening ourselves up. Exactly. See, you do listen. I do listen. <laughs> she has to. Sometimes I hear the message three or four times. <laughs> yeah. It's good, you know? yeah. But it's opening ourselves up to those things and noticing and having eyes to see it. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think about your when you prayed about please don't let me hear this witch doctor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's being willing to pray right. for something. You know, he has your hairs on your head numbered. Jesus mm-hmm. says, you know, so I've prayed for small things before that I thought we're kind of, maybe it's dumb to pray this, but it's important to me. And it'll, it'll happen. I'll be like, right. oh, thank you for the, just that small thing that just happened in the course of my day.
0: Yeah. We did a uh, 24 hours of prayer uh, at our campuses uh, just a few weeks ago. And I know that uh, Josh and Chelsea, you guys were kind of opened up, like even just, Sending messages. If you have anything to pray for, you know, feel free to text me. And I know you said that, that was pretty impactful for you and seeing how many people responded to that. Yeah. So even being open to ask for prayers from other people, right? Um, being able to pray with them is something that we can see just really creating a space where we think of it that way, where it's right. something we can talk about.
2: I actually got a message uh this morning from somebody that we prayed for. The, somebody was in ICU with COVID and I mean they're still in the hospital, but she sent me a video where he's no longer intubated. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool because i remember i wrote it down and prayed for that person at 24 hours of prayer and then like this morning just confirmation that god's moving even when we don't see it immediately yeah that he's still moving and healing and doing so many cool things
0: absolutely chelsea thanks for coming on and sharing yeah part of uh, just your experience and journey and um, hopefully we can continue to learn more and as you get more experiences, come talk to him. talk to us about them. be yeah. fun talking to them about it here on the podcast. That's right. When you go to Africa next <laughs> yeah. time, sleep on your luggage. I think I'm terrified and, you know, to go to Africa
1: again. <laughs> uh, it would take the Lord. Funny telling how that me works. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do that.
2: Oh uh, yeah.
0: Uh, man, I have so many other questions just in general. Thinking about miracles now, and we had some great episodes again. I think about we talked about: um, do the gifts cease? Do the gifts continue? How would someone who say they cease? Miracles happen. How do they say that? I don't know. That one's hard for me. So now I'm Connecting those in some way. So, if you know what that is, go back and listen to one of our previous episodes. We talked a little bit about it. So. Um, but anything to wrap up this whole series of podcast episodes with a whole series of yeah. them.
1: Uh, uh, that, that's it's a lot of pressure. Rigid. It is a lot of pressure, which I will not function under well. Uh, <laughs> but I would, I would very much encourage reading the Lee Strobel book because it will reach, Because he's coming at it. He had been an atheist before, and he was a journalist, and he was a skeptical person by nature. And so he goes about it from that angle. And I think especially here in America, that helps us all because we're so scientifically oriented and all that. And he takes all that into account. And there is a full, and he does it in interviews of other people. It's not just his opinions. But he also, the, the last chapter is, is someone talking about how these things don't happen necessarily and has had to go through, uh, his wife has uh, dementia and, and that journey and how he hasn't seen her healed and how he processes all those things. And uh, getting back to like your friend who, whose father wasn't raised from the dead so they address those things and I think the freedom inside of that and finding and being willing trusting God enough that he didn't do this amazing thing right in front of my face but then again he's doing something greater that I'm not seeing just yet right and learning how to have that kind of depth of faith is one of my biggest takeaways from all this
0: That's uh, definitely something I wish we could get into more and talking about those things because I think that's part of the questions people have. But this episode was more focused on just sharing someone's experience and being able to give you guys a little more insight uh, beyond just... Maybe somebody you don't know, but somebody you do know. So, Chelsea, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, guys, if you have any questions, we'd love to hear your feedback, answering those questions. Even pass them along to Chelsea. You can email me at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Those come straight to me. Uh, you can comment wherever you're listening to right now. Um, and, guys, thanks so much for listening to this series. We'll be back in a few weeks as we do a QA and uh, a with something coming up we're calling One Life Explorer Edition. Uh, we're going to be starting that off here at the beginning of October and having some questions on... Maybe some of the things that, why has church been so bad in the past? So uh, should be really interesting. And (laughs) Brett's going to be talking a little bit about that here in a few weeks. And we're going to have some Q&A on that. If you have any questions about that, go ahead and send those questions our way. And we can get Brett preloaded with those for a few weeks. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.